Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away, back, gone. Go, hey. It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live. Isn't it amazing how often we, we, we have these security parameters in our life with our bank accounts and our websites and all those guys? I literally, in a matter of moments, was kicked off and had to redo the whole code thing for my A's email and for one of my accounts with Chase Bank within a span of like five minutes. I feel like this happens a lot to you. It's unbelievable. The security and everything, I mean, it's unbelievable. I get it. I appreciate security, but it happens with my devices all the time. Well, got to go through Chase, and they got to send me a text. The text got a code. Then I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to get on the playbook, and then now I got to go. And it's I've got to send the push notification from my laptop to my phone to to verify that it's me, so I can get into my own work email. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, when you're not a lower level employee like myself, they don't care about your security risk. But for you, I mean, I guess I'm a high level employee because yeah. boy, I got to go through hoops just to see my email, <laughs> just to see that MLB.com sent me five things that each team will need from its rookies this year. Uh, I wonder what those five things are. Is that real or is that just made up? I mean, it's the same. It's I mean, MLB.com sends out sends yeah. out the same stupid. Who's the one person in camp that is, you know, ripe to win a job? It's the same, same stories, same emails we get Major League Baseball every day. I think, and it's and it happens in every sport, right? They're doing the same thing in the NFL and the NBA. It's always, you know, they they they've got to figure out something uh, to say in preseason to get people to click. It's just clicks because you don't go read like, does anybody care who the rookie is for the? Give me a team, Brewers. Brewers, no, you go straight to the – you click it and you go straight to the A's. Then you may be interested in your division. All right, uh, who's the Astros? Who's the who, who's the Mariner? Who's that? I mean, do you really care who the Pirates rookie – not you. Uh, <laughs> the average person, do they care who the Pirates rookie – no. No, in the majority of these articles, you click on it. It's clickbait. You click on it because you see the title and you go, huh, I wonder who they have for the A's, right? It was the one like – 
who is the next contract extension for each team? And there's no way in hell there is anybody on the A's right now that's going to get a contract <laughs> extension. But, of course, I click on it. And who did they say? Wasn't it Shea Langoliers? Shea Langoliers. Like, like we're going to be like, you know what? I've seen enough. Let's offer him $100 million. No. Not a chance. All right, Paul Severino, you remember him. He's been on this program before. Uh, longtime host on MLB Network. Left the network and now does play-by-play for the Miami Marlins. Not the Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins, as we're now in the NL East. So we're going to hit Philly, New York, Atlanta. Today, we are doing the fish. We're heading to South Florida. Off Monday, Tuesday, who are we hitting? I'll have to figure that out. Who do I need to be prepared for? Probably we'll, we'll shoot for the Nats, maybe. Oh, I forgot about the Nats. Because they're, be, they're, they're projected to be the worst team in baseball. Do we need to do the Nats? Probably not. I'd say we just skip the Nats. I, we'll, we'll do our own little preview of the Nats. Uh, then maybe we'll do – we're going to do end of the week. I think I'm going to bring – Let's get to the three biggies, baby. Philly, Atlanta, New York. Probably New York. Let's do New York because that's – the hot topic in baseball right now. Yeah, I was going to um, – I could do that. I was going to ask – I was going to have Sarah come on and preview the Mets, but she's covering the WBC, so she couldn't do it until later next Meet week. Meet the Mets. But I'll find someone. the Mets. All righty. Vince Catronia will be here at noon. Eno Saris, our baseball uh, columnist, our national baseball columnist from The Athletic, will be here at 1230. I mean, it's almost like where's Waldo? Where's Eno? Is he still in Florida? I don't know. He hasn't said As anything. As you East Coast people say, Florida. He, he hasn't said anything to me, so don't know where he's at. Maybe he's back. Maybe he's in Arizona. Or maybe he's home. Maybe he's in Taiwan. Maybe he's coming back from Japan. Who knows? Maybe he's at the WBC in Arizona. They're done with oh, Arizona. Oh, sorry, to Miami now. They're down in Miami, yeah. So we'll talk to Eno at 1230. So Paul Severino at 1130, Vince Catronio at noon, and then Eno Saris at 1230. Who are we playing today? Uh, we're playing the Giants. Ooh. Go watch the game. Is it split squad or are we no, going full bore full. here? Cap on the mound, MLB.tv, athletics.com, NBC Sports app. Listen on Ace Cast and 960, Bloomberg 960 AM. Cap on the mound for the A's against new giant Ross Stripling. Ross Stripling? Is he getting a plaque too? He'll be on the Giants Wall of Fame. Don't you worry. No, nah, I mean, everybody gets on it. You will, might... Sean, will Sean and I be on there? <laughs> giant great. Hey, I don't know if you saw. I don't. We don't need to go off on the Giants, but it was a big deal in the Athletic yesterday. Did, <laughs> did you see who they brought back? No. Giants brought Sergio Romo back. Shut up! Are you serious? I, I don't know if it's to make the team or if it's. Is it a one day contract? Giant forever. Well, he's already. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's just funny to me. He's is already it funny, or is it just me? He's already uh, a forever giant. Forever giant. Hey, he won World Series. Got to give him his due. Sergio's a good dude. Sergio Romo, great A. Uh, what was that, 2021 we had him, right? It was a few, just a few years ago. Yeah, 2021, yeah. It was, yeah. It was year Super one nice had. guy. Yeah. Sergio Romo's a great guy. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I hit our St. Patrick's Day flash style real quick? Saint pa- happy St. Patrick's Day. At yes, Aaron Gobra. Uh, get, your green, get your green on because this is, this is what I, I'm reading from the website. Get your green on because this deal is gold. It's your lucky day to grab $17 field-level tickets to three three select upcoming A's games. Score a pot of gold and start the 2023 season off right. Go to athletics.com slash flash. I can tell you the team once I pull up the website. But it was like the Angels. 
Well, you want to know a great thing about working for the A's at this time of the year? Um, we always have green on. I always have green on. I forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. That's right. It's March 17th. Always two days after my birthday. By the way, you were the only person to give me a card. Well, and a, and a gift? No, but you're the only person who gave I, me a card. Let's see. The last three days, I brought you a gift. I brought you a gift for your birthday. Uh-huh. I brought you a book yesterday. Yes. Thank you, Delta Foy, for the book. And yes. also, I brought great you cayenne pepper Foya. today. I mean, it's just yes. season of giving, or week of giving for me, apparently. Yes. Uh, April 1st against the Angels. April 17th versus the Cubs. April 29th versus everyone's favorite, the Cincinnati Reds. I, You know what? There'll be a lot of cu- Cubs. Cubs fans are everywhere. You know, there's Midwest people that they leave the Midwest and they head east. They they head west. I mean, I, I mean, Cubs support, as we mentioned, Cubs can be bad and they get 3 million people in a season. Right? Yeah. You go to Sloan Park, which our neighbors there in, in Scotts, in not Scott, in Mesa, our neighbors there, Sloan Park, not far from Ho Ho Cam Park. Now, the A's opened Ho Ho Cam, would I have that, 1977? Yeah. And then later the Cubs moved there, and the Cubs were there for years because I remember going to Ho Ho Cam when it was the Cubs. And then they moved to Sloan Park. We came back to Mesa and took over Ho Ho Cam. And, but I mean, as a fan base, but it's not shocking. I mean, look how great the Bears, the Chicago Bulls, Blackhawks. I mean, Midwest, Midwesterners, they love them sports. Look at college football and the traditional Big Ten schools, Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, it's a big deal. Sports is a big deal. Cubs fans, yeah, they lose 100 games. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what their ballpark is. It doesn't matter what their owners are. It none of that matters. They've had. They've hated that. There, there, there's been times where they were not happy with ownership. They're not happy with ownership now. Who owns and they're now? Getting, the Ricketts. Ricketts. Ricketts yeah. Yeah. It used to be Rig- obviously the Wrigley's. Back. Yeah. And back in the day, Wrigley. I mean, back in like if you go back, I mean, Wrigley. Wrigley hasn't changed all that much. Um, back in the day, Wrigley wasn't known as a jewel. It was one of the you know you know. Fenway and Wrigley were old. They were talking about new ballparks, that kind of stuff. That kind of, you know, hey, we need we need our new digs. They finally flipped the script and figured out, yeah, we got to cherish this. But, yeah, Cubs come strong. So, 17th, you're going to have a lot of Cubby fans there. So, we need yeah, Ace fans to Here you go. I'll pull up the rep. graphic. Here's the graphic with Trevor Mate. Ace Flash, St. Patrick's Day Flash Sale. It's good till Monday, 3 p.m., athletics.com slash flash sale. Saturday, April 1st against the Angels. April 17th versus the Cubs. April 29th versus the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, you know, everyone's going to be ready to see the Reds play because that's a big one. Oh, and how about the Angels? All right, let's go. Uh, today is about the three R's. And there's so much stuff that was out on Twitter after Diaz got hurt that It really is unbelievable that we live in a time. I don't know if this will ever change, if this is the new, this this has been the norm and this will be the new norm. That you feel, and I mean you, that you feel that if something happens that you need to go to Twitter and you need to put your thoughts out there to everybody. That I need to react to this. 
I I need to put my thoughts because my thoughts have to be out there. That's the kind of society we live in today. When the reality is we really don't need your thoughts, but everybody's pretty hot. Everybody likes themselves. Me, I like me, right? Enough about me. Let's talk more about me. Everybody's got to, everybody's got to express, this is how I feel about the situation. And unfortunately, a lot of you don't take and blue checkmark people. You don't take enough time. You react to something in the moment and you react too fast because in, in, the reality is this whole DS thing getting hurt is tragic. And literally, other than Diaz not being able to, to play for the Mets six months from now, nobody will care about the WBC. And right now, no one's about to care about it going forward because we're now into March Madness. All the eyeballs in this country head to CBS, TNT, True TV, where all the different places where the games are on. Uh, those are the big three. I've watched on True TV. I've watched on CBS, TNT, TNT no, TV. Uh, TBS. I don't know if it's on TNT. No, maybe it is on TNT. It's all the... It, I know YouTube TV lets me multi-stream. It puts four. It puts yeah. four TV games on my screen now. I was just watching. Was it USC Michigan State? I right, and then I was watching, watching USC. Michigan, is that who it is? That USC they're playing? I know Michigan State's in as a ten seed. Yeah, I was just watching. Uh, I think it's SC Michigan State. Yeah, games that you would never watch. Like, but now, now in in our country, everybody is going to shift to the tournament. It just is. It's the great time of the year. Princeton beating Arizona, which is awesome. Um, everybody's brackets are screwed up. I mean, that's what we do at this time of the year. But that's why I want to introduce today the three R's, risk, reward, and reality. Okay? Risk, reward, reality. People who jump to conclusions, people who feel they have to get their opinion out, they just, they, they don't necessarily understand business. And so when you have these really bad takes that a lot of people in the media, as you hear me say all the time, media people, first and foremost, are fans. Okay? They got into sports because they're sports fans. So even though some of us got degrees in the business and studied to do this, a lot of people have it, and a lot of people take their fandom and they put it to their job, and we like that. We like passion, but that's what they do. They're just fans with a title. They're just fans with the ability to reach more people. What they are not are true journalists, and what they are not is business people. People forget sports is a business. That's reality. And 90-something percent of all people who work in sports media, A, don't own a business, and B, have never owned a business. And C, probably never will. So they don't understand what it's like to be an owner, what it's like to be management, what it's like. They, 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 they will always be like most people. I'm not going to say most people, but most people will be employees their entire careers. So that's where the three R's, risk, reward, reality. Please, 
stop putting out on Twitter that guys get hurt in spring training. Please stop talking about injuries and comparing it to when you're working for somebody. We understand as business owners that there is risk with human beings. Whether it's in sports, not in sports. I can tell you from the restaurant business side, we understand that there's risk when people come into our restaurant and they work for us. Things happen, right? We understand in sports that things can happen to human beings when they work for us. We're willing to take on that risk. What we don't want to do is take on the risk when you're not working for me. That's why we have put into Major League Baseball contracts and all kinds of contracts that you can't ride motorcycles, that you can't snow ski. We understand there's risk when you're with me working for me, but I don't want the risk when you're somewhere else. So there were a lot of bad takes yesterday, and that's what you need to understand. So I'll take it to another sport, because obviously if you say, well, then we should shut down spring training because guys get it. I'll take it to another sport so you understand. In the NFL, they understand as owners and as a league that injuries are part of the deal. You play football, you're going to get injured. They know that. They'll take that risk. They'll take the risk of you playing in preseason. They'll take the risk of you playing in, in, in training camp. And they'll take the risk of you playing in games. That's part of the deal. And we will pay you. And it'll be part of the risk. But I don't want you out there snow skiing. I don't want you out there doing extreme sports when you're not. You can do that when your career is done. But I'll take the risk in baseball. I'll take the risk at spring training. Uh, Melissa Lockhart brought up, and you know how much we love Melissa, but she brought up, well, 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 Mariano Rivera got hurt shagging balls. Yes, working for me, I'll take that risk. I'm not going to take the risk of him up in Tahoe skiing down Black Diamond. I'm not doing that. So you need to understand what we're willing to do risk-wise. Now, that takes you to the reward. Well, clearly, this is making money. If you're, if you're looking at any of the numbers, the WBC is making money. And it's something that's really, really popular in Asia. When you look at basically almost, I don't know if the, basically this is inside baseball. We'll kind of, they'll cherry pick numbers to show us and who's got the right numbers. I don't know. But it's pretty safe to say when you're telling me that almost Half the televisions in Japan watch Japanese. Who, who are they playing in that game? So on um, the March 10th Japan versus Korea game on TBS, it registered a 44.4 rating, marking it the high, the most watched game in the history of the World Baseball Classic. Now, I'm not worried about I'm talking about in Japan. Oh, it was uh, in there, Japan. It was, it, was, it was against Korea. It was um, 40, 48, and also 48% of their people in Japan watched the game against Italy. 48% of all Japanese people watch this game? I don't know how they get the numbers. I, once again, that's inside baseball. Madison Avenue knows more than we do. Um, but what does that tell you? As we have said, 
Asia loves baseball. I've seen it. I've been to Japan twice. I mean, can you imagine if they had a, they had a Chinese team? And now you're reaching billions of people? This, this is the reward, right? You'll take the risk as owners to allow this to happen if there's the reward. What's the reward? Big dollars. And you can monetize that. Like, you can bring up, you know, the, the games at Chase Field are sold out. I don't know what's going to happen in South Florida. But obviously, I don't know how the money breakdown is. I don't know how the sponsorships are. I mean, that's all, once again, that's inside baseball. They don't give us that kind of information. But when you have the, the amount of international, and when I mean international, I'm talking Asia. Because I don't know what else matters. Because I don't think we're going to get any real numbers that people in the U.K. are watching. I don't think we're going to get any numbers that the Italian team is blowing up in Italy. I I have no idea what we're going to get in, down under in Australia. I don't know what those numbers are. They're not going to be like in Asia, and they're not going to be able to be monetized like Asia. I could, I could pretty much guarantee you that. But just the mere fact of how big, when you've got half, basically half of all Japanese people watching this, you can monetize that, make money, and pay for everything off that alone. That's how bad, you know, I. if you tell me the ratings are big in the Dominican, okay. Or Puerto Rico, okay. You tell me half of Japan is watching the money. We already know the cash cow that Shohei Otani is for the Angels. Now when you get half of the country watching, you can make money off. Yeah, and you got the gate. Of course, you got Chase Field. You got, I mean, you, the Tokyo Dome was pretty much sold out every single game. They're making money. So the owners are going to be able to swallow the risk if there's big money to be made. So you got risk, you got reward, and you got reality. What's the reality? This is not going away. I don't know what it will look like in, is it three years? I think the next one's 2026. Yeah. We won't really talk about it. Everybody gets emotional. Yeah. Is it growing baseball? Yeah. Is it growing baseball in areas where baseball already is big? That would be my, if I was just to get into, if we were to get a think tank together and say, let's really talk about this. When people go, look, it's growing baseball internationally. Well, you're, you're, you're. It's popular where baseball already is popular. That's my whole point about the U.K. Are you bringing me Europe? Are you bringing me Europe? If you're not bringing me Europe, I'm like, well, I already know baseball is big in Puerto Rico. I already know baseball is big in the Dominican Republic. I know it's big in Japan. But where where else you got? Uh, where, what are the two most populated countries in the world? Uh, that would be uh, China. And uh, India. Are we getting numbers out of China and India? Not that I know of. I mean, you want to tell me about growing it internationally? Give me, give me, give, give me a team from India and give me a team from China. I'll put Yao Ming on the mound if I have to. The great center. He's an NBA Hall of Famer, right? Correct, I mean, he is. basketball Hall of Famer. It's not an NBA Hall yeah, of Famer. The Naismith uh, Hall, Basketball Hall of Fame. Yes, he is a Hall of Famer. 
Hold on, I gotta answer my wife here. She is all over me. The the other the other the other. I've been doing a show at this time for a while now, right? Uh, yeah, we've been doing it for a couple couple weeks since spring training started. While you do that here, you were talking about the numbers. The 2023 World Baseball Classic registered an attendance record for the first round, drawing over one million. uh, Yeah, over one million fans. The most attended round in the history of the tournament, and a 98 percent increase versus the previous record of 510,000 in 2017. The average attendance of 25,275 also set a record for the first round of the tournament, eclipsing 2017's average of 20,400 by 24%. So basically, the reward, the risk, the reward, I'm willing now to take the risk as an owner Stop telling me! Stop! 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 Stop telling me! Well, guys get hurt in spring training, and okay, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're just—it's it's another bad, foolish tweet that literally you could not hit send, as Herm Edwards said. Always think before you hit send. Your opinion really—I hate to say it—this sounds horrible. Your opinion doesn't matter. You've got zero skin in the game. Let me say that again. You've got zero skin in the game. A lot of stuff that's talked about when you think you're talking as a fan, you're talking from your heart, you've got, you don't know, and you have no skin in it. But yet you got this major big bull opinion on it. You have no idea how things are financed, how things are insured. How You have no idea until we start getting some numbers that kind of, but you have no idea. Look at all the people that, 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 that comment on our situation, the A's, who really don't know. They think they know, but they really don't know. And they're guessing on so many different things. Because it's about them and they, what they want and their feelings. and how, it, it's, 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 it's not real. And sometimes business is harsh, but it is business. They're not doing the WBC because they lose money. They're not doing this because they're just – they want guys to be able to play for Puerto Rico. You think they're doing that? Uh, no. You, 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 you think that they're just doing this for Team Japan so these guys can play for Team Japan. Is that why they're doing it? No, they're trying to make money. They're making money. They're making money. So it's the, it's, it, it's the risk, it's the ward, and the reality. The reality is this thing's going – the three R's is what we're doing today. The reality is – this is going to continue. Now, like Senga, who is the Japanese pitcher for the New York Mets, he said, guys are having a good time over there. I don't have the quote in front of me, but he basically said, guys are having a good time over there. I'm happy for them, but I'm here to play for the Mets and get ready for the season. So there are really, there the reality here, risk, reward, reality you have two schools of thought, right? You've got guys on the Dominican team who get bowed out. <laughs> Talking about how this is more important than winning the World Series. <laughs> and they're gone. Big Poppy's out. I mean, talk about bad takes. Big Poppy's out on Twitter saying, oh, you know, these, these guys, he said these guys are killers and they're just not ready to play yet. <laughs> What do you say if it was something if it was July they would yeah uh, if it's July uh, won, if the calendar well I don't know who knows but yeah it's like funny like these guys it's more important to play for Dominican than play for a World Series and that actually bugs people and I understand that take it's like wait a minute 
you know, I understand playing for your country. That's great. But that's also you're getting paid how much money? You know, you want some loyalty to guys that are making, you know, Lindor's taking some heat right now. You know, it's like, well, you're not going to make you're not going to make three hundred and forty million dollars playing for the Puerto Rican team, are you? You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of things flying around. Once again, in six months, nobody's going to care. In two years, no one's going to care. In three years, no one's going to care until you're watching MLB Network and they're pumping it up again. I mean, it's just, it's a reality. It's fun. It's fun. This injury, though, will, will, will have ramifications. That's reality also. As we're doing the three R's, the reality is there's going to be people that go, Steve Cohen went out on a limb. Everybody says don't sign closers to long-term contracts. It's a dumb celebration. Guy gets hurt. He's now lost. Your career's precious, man. Your career's precious. Dusty Baker said it years ago when he had prostate cancer. I was there. Candlestick Park. He was the manager of the Giants. I've never forgotten this. You know, there's things in life where you were somewhere and someone said something and you went, wow, I'll never forget that. It was Dusty Baker. I was a young man. And Dusty Baker said to all of us, tomorrow is promised to nobody. And I was like, wow, that's so real. You don't know what's going to happen in life the minute you walk out the door of your house. Tomorrow is promised to nobody doesn't matter how famous you are how rich you are how powerful you are tomorrow is promised to nobody and everybody's career is only so long and when you lose a year of your career you don't get it back you just don't so it's tough so for all the players that went eh, i'm not playing it's not worth the risk Once again, the three R's. There's risk, there's reward, there's reality. And there's going to be players that look at what what happened, and we still got a couple – we still got more games to go. Who knows what else happens? The championship's not until the 21st. And, you know, we have seen players. And one guy I think about, I don't know where your your boy Peeve Dog – you know who Peeve Dog is, right? No. Jake Peavy. Oh. Peeve Dog. I don't remember who he was pitching for. Was it Padres or the Red Sox when he was in the WBC? But Peavy was one of the big guns for the United States and went out there huffing and puffing and, you know, and then had the horrible first start. He had a horrible start. Uh, I don't know if that was Padres or Red Sox or where the hell he was. but And he later would say, yeah, the WBC – airing it out way too early. Scheduling, everybody's now debating schedule. I I have no clue how to fix that. I mean, there's no way we're shutting down for – how long is the WBC? Three weeks? Yeah, it sounds about right. We're not shutting down for three weeks during the baseball season just because we're not a sport that's played indoors. Some are indoors, but a lot of of the teams are not indoors. We we can't – with weather, we can't keep extending this thing into November. That's just – that's – that's cr- not only can you not do it because of weather, it's bad business anyways. Once again, back to business because you're up against football. You need to be less up against football. 
the more you get into the season, you're into college football. Football's figured it out. They're playing every night. Every night there's a game. Tuesday night, we got Eastern Michigan against Central Michigan. Wednesday night, we got so-and-so against so-and-so. Usually that's Maction. Thursday night, we're going to have CBS Sports Network. You're going to have San Jose State. We yeah. play on Thursday night. <laughs> you're going to have your, you know, you're going to have Mountain West. They're playing football every night. You've got NFL on Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night. They've got the Thursday night game. They play Saturday games towards the end of the year. Yeah, so we got to stay away from football as much as we can. So I don't know how they do it. I don't know how you change the schedule. It's just, it is what it is. It's a tournament. It's an exhibition. And like I said, now the eyeballs are going to be off. The ratings will be interesting. Now that the tournament starts, now let's look to see what it's like. Let's see how packed South Florida is. Let's see what the TV ratings are like. Now, the TV ratings, I mean, getting back to the three R's, the reward, when you get half of Japan watching, that's big bucks. That's saying something. That's 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 Olympic style. That's national pride. That's big league. That's a lot of money. And, I mean, if you get all of Asia, and, and we want to play something for you. Scott Boris said this, because let's face it, you want to put a team in Puerto Rico? You can make it happen like that. You want to put a team in the Dominican Republic? You can make it happen like that. Right? As we're talking about baseball wants to expand, you could expand into Latin America like that if you wanted to. Scott Boris about Matt Chapman, if you remember, on this program. That's why you watch this program. Because stuff happens, and you may you may think, ah, that was crazy. We break stuff all the time. Scott Boris on A's Cast Live talked about Major League Baseball someday playing full-time in Asia. Sounded crazy then. Does it sound crazy now when the World Baseball Classic, half of every, half of every household in Japan watched, who was it? Chinese Taipei, is that? No, they. Um, it was Japan and Italy the other night. That was the game? Yeah, the 48%. That's what I saw, yeah. Whatever, what? Ha- half the televisions in Japan. Watch this. It's an extreme number. Can you imagine? I mean, that's, that, that's a bigger number than the Super Bowl in America. Yeah. You know, we got 330, 40, whatever, 300, whatever million people. There wasn't 150 million people watching the Super Bowl. This is half of everybody which I don't even know how they get that number. And it could be even higher. But it just shows you, in Asia, baseball is king. Scott Boris, on Ace Cast Live a few years ago, talking exactly about this. You just have a market in Japan and Korea that is almost an additional you know, 180 million people. So you may see as many as five franchises. And then you're going to have this time zone. You're going to have a, a trans-Pacific uh, entity to our game um, so I, I think we're uh, to have franchises in these areas grow up to be what they should be and that is major components of the league major components of the league where major league baseball as we know I've seen it with my own eyes Japanese players they got some good players 
I mean, he's talking about having a group of players in Japan, teams. Think about that. To where they would play each other, and then ideally they would fly over and spend X amount of time here and play teams. That's where expansion's going, and the World Baseball Classic's proving it. It's not in Colombia. It's not in Italy. It's not in the U.K. The NFL will go to the U.K. But baseball, it's Asia. That's where the dollars. That's where the – that this tournament, if you're saying what what's the reality and the reward, it's showing you where to go. It's showing you the future. It may not be in our lifetime, by the way. I mean, these things are big, big. I mean, the NFL, the NFL has had offices in Japan for years. I mean, in in uh, in, in in London, there's going to be a team in London. I've had this conversation. I, when I was with the Raiders, we played the Seahawks over there. I've seen it. I, I I've had the conversations. I did the interviews with NFL Europe people. An NFL team will be in London. I don't know when a team will be in Japan or there will be teams in Japan. There's already Japanese. Profi- I don't know how it will work. That is so far above this lower-level employee. Fact. He doesn't know. I'm not even getting security clearance to get into my email. He doesn't even know, and he thinks he knows everything, right? Is there anything you don't know? I know what you don't know. Expansion over to Japan. That's true. Sorry. Yeah, it's true. I don't know that. I mean, that is, that is, I mean, like I said, that may not even be in our lifetime, but Boris is seeing it already. And you would have thought, but what year was that we did that with Boris? Uh, it was like June of 2019. All right. That was 2019. We're in 2023. That seemed crazy in 2019. That seemed crazy. We played that over and over again. Like, what is he smoking? You have to listen to the full thing, too. It's- oh, my God. It's like a five minute answer where he just goes round and round. And I'm doing the interview. I'm going, the question was about Matt Chapman's contract. Yeah, I just, <laughs> hey, Matt Chapman signed with Oakland. And it, next thing you know, we're talking about the Pacific Rim. What is he smoking? But you know what? That's why he's Scott Boris. He's brilliant. You think Boris is crazy? No, he's not. He's rich. Why is, he's ri- why is he rich? Because he's smart. But Scott Boris is brilliant. Scott Boris was talking about this on our show in 2019, and now we're living it. Now we're living it. We're seeing the numbers. We're seeing these huge ratings. They don't care about the Dominican team. They don't care about the Puerto Rican team and how many Major League Baseball stars are there. They could care less. They're seeing their players play on the national sta- on the world stage, and they love it. Shohei Otani. This is you think Shohei Otani's valuable? It's like bring get Johnny's butt back here and let me school him some more. There is who cares about Shohei Otani pitching or hitting? That's not his value. His value is eyeballs to televisions and computer screens in a different part of the world. That's his value. His value is not DHing four times a game. Remember, you DH, you only play in two out of the nine innings. That's all you participate. So if you go 0 for 4 as a DH, you played in two innings and contributed nothing in the game. Zero. Shohei Otani, his value to Major League Baseball is these got our, our, our guys from 
Cespedes Barbecue, who are now with uh, Sirius XM. Who are there was Sirius XM. Sirius XM, yeah. Oh my God, he's the greatest player of all. Nothing Otani does on the that does, he's got to do it on the field to be that guy. But his real value isn't in between the lines; it's outside the lines. That's where his value is. That's where Shohei Otani's greatness is. Is how he is the first player to really link. Not the first. He, because I guess that'd be Hideo Nomo. Yeah, that's about right. Sounds right. That was like in the early 90s. Yeah. Early I was 90s. at Nomo's first start. 95, because he was rookie of the year then. I was at Nomo's first start against the uh, Giants at Candlestick Park. The tornado showed up. Famous Nomo slider. So he's not. Hideo Nomo was the splitting. He had a slider too, though. Nomo. Jim Carrey referenced it in a movie. Nomo's the splitting. The tornado was the split. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I, I was thinking of the line from Liar Liar. I'm just telling you, it was the split. Uh, we've never seen anything like it. Sorry. You, name me the best Dominican player. Sorry. It's just not, it's not apples to apples. The best Puerto Rican player. The best player from Canada, Freddie Freeman's now. Or our, all of our guys from down under, the great Liam Hendricks. God bless you. Get well. I mean, I mean, it's just it. None of these guys. Larry Walker was Canadian. Yeah, Larry Walker was Canadian. Uh, Matt Stairs Canadian. Joey Votto Canadian. Joey Votto Canadian. I'm just telling you. Ichiro was a big deal. There's no question. But now Shohei has taken it to. Maybe we didn't know how to. Maybe we weren't equipped yet to deal with the greatness that is. Ichiro. Great player, but yeah, I, I kind of agree. I remember like I remember when the Mariners came to Pittsburgh, and I just remember how many people came to watch Ichiro. And this is like young in his career. People came yeah. to PNC to watch Ichiro play. Like it's like something out of Star Wars. The great Dave Newhouse, yeah, Ernie Heiss. Uh just unbelievable. But I mean, just as a kid watching, the part stunk. But how many people came to watch Otani or uh, Ichiro play was awesome. I mean, we see it here now with Otani. And we'll probably see with Kodai Senga. And uh, if they get some of these other kids over, like Sasaki and the 22-year-old the power hitter at 54 home runs, it's just going to keep growing the game here and in Japan, for sure. Yeah, that, that, this is the future. Teams in Japan, can you imagine? Like, all of a sudden, you know, it, it's kind of like, like the snowbird schools in college baseball where you either go south to take on teams in the SEC and in Florida, or you come out west to play the California schools. It's gone on forever. I mean, we we did it. I mean, I, I played San Jose State. We played Maine. We played Michigan. We played Ohio State. We played, They come out west because they can't play. So they come out west, and they'll spend, like, you'll come out and you'll schedule. You'll schedule, you know, you'll schedule, you know, Cal, Stanford, St. Mary's, Santa Clara, Fresno State. Then you'll go south, SC, UCLA, Long Beach, Fullerton, San Diego State, right? They'll stay out for a while. They go to Arizona. You got A-State, Arizona, Grand Canyon, all those schools. You got to go out wet. You'll play UNLV. I mean, you'll go You'll go where you can play. I mean, it'll be like the same thing, like a, a Japanese, or it's going to be like the team, the NFL team in Europe. They're going to come out. So basically the way it will work, if you don't know, and you may not care, but you're going to have 
whether it's going to be a lot of people think it's going to be Jacksonville. So essentially, you would have your your hub there in Jacksonville, Florida. You're going to have your business there. I, I think we blow that off. Oh, all right. I'm not. Paul Severino is. We'll, we'll get to him in another point. Um, so essentially, what you're going to have is a hub in America. So probably Jacksonville. Jacksonville moves, and it may not be. I'm just going to use them as an example. They've been talked a lot about that. They still are, even though if they are good now, they still talk about it. Right. So. You'd put a team in London, let's call it Jacksonville. They would have a home base in the United States, in Florida, cheaper to do business, and everything that would everything would happen in Florida. So because NFL teams always need to be having players. Players get hurt, you always need to be trying out guys. Throughout the year, you're trying out guys. You're not gonna fly guys to London to try out. You're gonna have a full campus in Jacksonville your training camp will be in Jacksonville you'll probably do all your preseason stuff in Jacksonville and then when it's game time boom everybody's in London and so you'll play X amount of games straight in London and then when you fly over you'll stay here and play like three straight games so you'll fly over your hub will be Jacksonville and so you'll go play the Patriots or the Giants or the Jets or or the Dolphins or whoever. And they're going to try and keep you as much out of the West Coast as possible. But if you do have to go to the West Coast, you're going to do it basically in, from your hub in Jacksonville. Is all of that makes sense? Yes. And now you open the entire European market. I've thought about it, man. What if you were like, take somebody like Peyton Manning, great player, Great speaker, great ambassador, personality, got everything. You know how much money you'd make if you were the quarterback of the London Monarchs? Can I imagine? Oh, my God. Because look how much money the, so- the soccer, soccer guys make. Soccer guys kill it. All of a sudden, you got sponsorships in, in France, Lon- in, in the U.K. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, who knows? The world, you're, you're the only quarterback in Europe. And let's say the team's good. And let me, if you don't think they like football, you're out of your mind. You go to those games. I would I did a game at Wembley Stadium, 80 something thousand sold out, and everybody had NFL jerseys on from all the teams. They loved it. And you're the quarterback of their team. And sometimes it takes generations, right? That's like when people rip the Raider thing all the time. I go, once again, you're thinking with your heart as a fan. You're not thinking it doesn't matter right now. You've moved a franchise to move it. So it's going to be there for decades, right? We're seeing it finally with Tampa. We had Brett Phillips on, who grew up in Tampa. When the Rays first moved there, everybody went, well, we're Yankee fans. The Yankees train in Tampa. Now we have a team like we're supposed to like the Rays. That's how it starts out. What happens is those kids grow up, and then they have kids. And now those kids grow up, and the only thing that they know, and that's what's happening right now in Tampa, is this new version of, let's say, 14 – how long have they been around? It was their first year in 98, so it was that 20, 25 – this was the 25th year, I believe. Okay, so you got these people who are 20 years old and down where they, they were born, and all they know is Tampa Bay Rays. That's all they know. So 20 years from now, we think, now, see, the Raiders – it's like, you guys just don't get it. Moving Fran- – you don't get it. 20 years from now, everybody who was in Las Vegas and around Las Vegas will be Raider fans because all they've ever known growing up is the Raiders. Same thing. 
The Indianapolis Colts, well, the Baltimore Colts moved to Baltimore. The Baltimore Colts moved to Indianapolis. And then they recreated the Baltimore Ravens. Do you think all these years now, these people who've been born in Baltimore, these kids, care less that the Baltimore Colts left? They're Ravens fans because that's all they've ever known. And even kids my age don't even know who the Baltimore Colts are. I mean, the Raiders moved from Oakland to L.A., back to Oakland, now to Las Vegas. 20 years from now, all those kids who grow up uh, Las Vegas Raiders fans, they won't even care. They'll know about that history, but they won't care. That's their team. I mean, A's fans. The A's came from from Kansas City. Via Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> what? Are we sitting here celebrating Philadelphia A's? Giants fans, Dodger fans, are they celebrating New York? I mean, this, this is all interesting business and things change. But getting back to the point of the three R's, you have the risk, you have the ward, and you have the reality. I think the reality more than ever is we're going to have teams in Asia. And the reason that's why I got on that tangent, because we were talking about what it what it's like. It's going to happen in the NFL. The NFL will be the first to do it. And then because you know what happens, the NFL does it. The other teams are going to be like, you know, don't think that the NBA hasn't thought about teams in China. The amount of money the NBA makes off China, they've thought about it. So. Once the NFL puts a team in London, I mean, that just opens the floodgates for people to say, you know what, it's time to go out of market. God, can you imagine a baseball team in Japan, how big they would be? You know, all the players that go over, all the American players that go over and play in J- for all these years of play- Mr. Baseball, Tom Selleck, they go over and play Japan, they love it. They love it. So it's going to be great. I mean, it's a different country, but when we talked to Drew Rosinski about Talk to him about what it was like pitching in Korea for four years. He was Shohei Otani before Shohei Otani. Yeah, now. Or, or at the same time. I don't uh, know. Otani would have been here already. Four years ago would have been 29. When, when did Rusinski get over there? He's been there? He was there for four years, so I would assume like around, around like 2019-ish. Maybe would have been going into 2020, something like that. Are we ever going to get him? He's become the elusive white whale here. Uh, hopefully, we're shooting for next week. We'll see. All right. Or maybe we should wait till the season starts. Because, uh, well, we don't know who the A's opening day starter is going to be with this Blackburn injury. So, maybe it is Drew Rosinski starting on opening day. Well, I see you have in the notes here about Waldacek. Let me tell you something. Uh all hands on deck. Who? I mean, if you're going to go six guys, who are these six guys going to be? Well, we'll leave Blackburn out for now because we don't know what his status is. So you would assume it would be Rusinski, Fuji, Cap. Cap? Adam Aller. Cap? Yeah. Playoffs? You sure Cap's going to be ready? Uh, he's pitching today. We'll see. All right. That second start this, this spring. And J.P. Sears, I believe Martin Gallegos has a piece out on p- predicting the A's opening day roster. And he has he has the rotation as Fuji, Rusinski, Cap, Kyle Mahler, and Adam Aller. That could be something That's there. only five. I know. Five starting pitchers. And he has Sears as a reliever. As, like, the long guy. So, no, I didn't see uh, didn't see Waldachuk on there. Didn't see Adrian Martinez on there. And this is all with Blackburn maybe starting the year on the injured list. So... Who would you rather have starting, relieving as a combo? My question would be this. 
a guy that can start and give you really good innings out of the bullpen? Would you rather be that J.P. Sears or Adam Aller? From spring, Aller's been good as a starter, but he hasn't really pitched in really. I would go with Sears. I completely disagree. I think just because Sears has done it. What? Pitch and relief. So is Aller. I know, but Sears did it with the Yankees, right? Barely. Aller has Aller did it last year. Yeah. I mean, he pitched better. As, as I mean, I mean let, let's be honest again. If you're only giving me five innings, do you want the first five or you want? The last four. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh and do I want a right-hander or do I want a left-hander being my long guy? Yeah, that's fair. Probably, yeah. If you're going that way, probably all event. I think, but I think that's so. a lot of lefties. I get it, but if I'm saying I got to have a swing, basically you call him your sixth guy is a swing man, right? Yeah. So my swing man, there's going to be times where, let's face it, the way we're babying these guys, we're going to have a. First half, how many how many outings or four or less do you think we get out of our stars? First half of the season? First half. So we'll call it first 81 games. So you're saying four innings or less? Four innings or less. If I go five innings or less, it's going to be a lot. But I four innings or less. How many uh, – what we set? We're setting it over under? I mean, I, I, I don't know the number myself. I'm just saying. I, yeah, think, th- I think it'll be more than you think. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, th- I think it's so hard to. So that long guy, that long guy's really important. So who? where am I going to get more of a power right-handed arm versus a, a, a lefty who is about precision? I think that's why I'd have to go Adam Aller. Even though Adam Aller's been phenomenal, I'd have to go Adam Adam Aller may be more valuable – than Sears if he's going to start and relieve. And I need volume. I'm going to need, I'm going to need, I need volume. I need, because Adam Aller can suck it up multiple ways. We saw that. And, you know, last year some, at some point he sucked it up and got hit hard. But um, Aller can give me length out of the pen. I think you're going to need length out of your pen, man. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And plus, I think we we're going to see some of that. Uh, the Rays did it, the the piggybacking, where a guy goes three or four innings and the other guy comes in and pitches three innings. So you could see a start where maybe Kyle Mahler makes a start and he goes four innings. How about, like, you get Sears go four, Aller go four, and then, I mean, that'd be great. You're saving your bullpen. Um, Theoretically, that's great. I just don't see that happening. What? I feel like they'll want to use bullpen guys. That's the way baseball is now. Well. Uh, I'll just give them a news alert. The math doesn't add up. Because <laughs> if you go, I mean, I think that's a good way to do it. Like I said, like, like folks, we're not joking. The math doesn't add up. The, the math does not. It, the the less your the less your starters throw, the more the relievers have to throw, and there's not enough relievers and a not not enough innings because you have too many specialty relievers. Still, you have guys that go one inning, so you can't. If you think you're going to get away with going five six guys every game, you're cra- you burn them out. Also, don't forget there's – Unless you have this – unless you have – you know, people say, oh, do you have a money tree in your backyard? Do you have a bullpen tree in your yeah. backyard where you got all these bullpen guys just sitting there and there's all these great pitchers that you can just pluck from the – oh, and by the way, you can only go up and down so many times now. Yeah, and you're, then you're using a player options as well. If you, if you do it that way, 
with a think about the, this is this rule still apply, there's a three batter minimum which we know, but there's still that loophole in it where you can have a guy come in and pitch a third of an inning and get an out and he's done and then you bring a whole other guy in to pitch. So that's just wasting one guy to get one out because if you get a guy if he gets out of the inning he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to come back out for the next inning. So you can have one game have Chad Smith come in and get an out and then go and throw someone else out there in the, the eighth inning to go for a full inning. And your points why? I'm just saying, like you can still, they can still get around using multiple bullpen guys each time. Yeah, but what you're not factoring in? Did he not warm up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you may say he only went out one batter. He still had to warm up. Yeah. He, yeah. The arm still got used. The body still got used. That's still wear and tear. You know, they call it the up down up down up down. That's that's the wear and tear on relievers. Up down up down up down. Well, you do that so often. Next thing you know, guys are shot. So that that's that's the we've been saying the tipping point is here. We saw it last year. We'll see it again this year. They don't have enough arms. Do we do we uh, the re- number last year was eight? There were eight guys went over two hundred innings. Do we do we get eight or we get more than that this year? I'd have to think about that. I do know this with all these six men, like the Mets want to use a six man rotation. I do know this. You, you your bullpen guys. If you got guys that can't go get more than three outs, you're gonna pull. How are you going to finish some of the – especially early, early. I mean, early, if you go to a six-man rotation and all of a sudden you're, uh, you're, you're bullpen, you're going to fry your bullpen in the first two months of the season? By, 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 you're only going to have seven relievers. You're going to have seven guys. Now, there's days off. I get that kind of stuff, but still, up, down, up, down, up, down. Domingo Acevedo threw 70 times last year. We said got 203 outs. That's not enough. You're going to need seven of those guys, especially if we have a closer. We have a closer. You have a closer. If you're not winning games every single day, that closer's got to pitch two innings. He's got to get you innings. uh, Newsflash, uh, I don't think Josh Hader's on the roster. So he's like the only closer that goes multiple innings. Hater's not on the roster. Last time I checked, I did. I have. I didn't. Unless he was a late, late. Bring him up. Is he with you down? (laughs) Hater down. Triple A. Yeah, your haters down in Miami now and hurt. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Has Puck thrown yet? I haven't looked since that injury happened. I was talking to Paul Severino off the air yesterday about it. Like, who's who? I asked him. I was like, who was the Marlins closer last year? Tanner Scott. I'm like, oh yeah, Tanner Scott. And he goes, Dylan Florio. I'm like, yeah, Florio assumed the role. I'm like, oh, okay, so you really didn't have a closer. Okay, yeah. makes sense. Well, what do you need a closer when you don't win games? Coming up next, Vinny is back. And he'll join us from the Valley of the Sun right here on A's Cast Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Oh man, I, we just we just had a family moment. Where's Vince Catronio in the Valley of the Sun? Vince, you're gonna love this. Listening, what do you got? So Spencer the dog was taken <laughs> to the groomer this morning, and Spencer the dog 
was done early. So my wife is texting me during the show. Last time I checked, we've been doing this show all spring training, right? I think so. So you think my wife would know I'm on the air during this time. Well, she's texting me, can you go get the dog? The dog's ready. No, I'm on the air live. My daughter went, drove down, picked up the dog, and got the dog. First time that's ever happened, the child with the new car has taken care of something. It's never happened before. Now I know what you've you've had for years. What a luxury. No turning back. And by the way, get a gallon of milk while you're out. So <laughs> kind, of, kind of the way it works. It's oh. like when they it's like when your kids stand up and they're vertical for the first time, yeah. you know, seven, nine, or twelve months, whatever. Once they start moving, it's all over. Once they get behind the wheel, it's the same thing. It's like the world is open. But you're right. I mean, all these trips that we've all had to make for our kids and for you with, with your daughters, with all the different activities they've been a part of and Amanda having to you know, schlep them from point A to point B. It's like, hey, go go take the car and don't forget to fill it up with gas. And now you know what life is really oh. like. And uh, we'll see you when you get home. Be safe. It's a, first, that's a Mark the tape. This is the first time that's ever happened. It is unbelievable. How are you? How's everything going? I'm good. Everything's good. Good to be back. Great to be back in the saddle. It's been out for a few days. Uh, had a little uh, uric acid issue with my gout and uh, kind of kept me uh, on the sidelines, but been good. Been out the you know the complex talking to guys past few days, and you know certainly today with the A's playing the Giants, it's a Patty's Day on a Friday with the temperature in the 70s. It's just a beautiful day. It should really be pretty close to a full house, and should be a lot of excitement. And you know you've got nine games left down here, so 11 spring training games in total that remain. And it's getting real. I mean, I think the A's lineup today reflects that to a certain degree. You got a lot of regulars in there. And with that also came news off the field, which wasn't uh, as encouraging for the athletics. And that's the other part of getting to the finish line of spring training. You want to put everybody in bubble wrap if you can and get out of here healthy. And the A's, like just about every camp, is is now going to have to deal with something with at least a couple of guys. And that's, that's unfortunate. Are they wearing the special St. Patty's Day hats today, the the green ones? Uh, I, I don't. I would imagine. I mean, we, they wear green anyway. So yeah, I know. Uh, you know, we got we got the Kelly green from from the from the get go. Uh, we'll see if they put out green bases today. But it's a beautiful day, so it's uh, it, it's great to see and uh, getting closer and, and, and getting you know you're, there's, the anticipation is growing and you're getting a sense of you know lineup combinations and. I think Marcotze showed a little bit of yesterday and, you know, kind of the way he would use a certain lineup and even make changes early in the game with, with matchups. I think we're starting to see a little bit of that now. And I think that will continue until the A's wrap up with the Bay Bridge series and then get ready for Otani and the Angels on March 30th. Now we're just speculating here. We don't know. Cap's going today. We don't know who the five or the six are going to be. But we talked about – Aller and Sears, if one of them had to be your sixth man and he's got to get some valuable outs and give you length in the bullpen, which guy would you prefer in that role? Well, I mean, they they both have options because what you're looking for, if if you've got, let's say, J.P. Sears and you're facing a a lineup, you know, with a right-handed starter – and the opposition is going to use a lot of left-hand batters, and you want to flip the lineup. You want to bring in Sears to make it tough on the other team to make them burn their bench maybe earlier than what they want. 
So that I think that would be an option. Uh, the same thing with, with Adam Aller. If you're facing, uh, you know, a left-hander and there's a lot of right-handers in the lineup, then you use that, you know, that piece and you make the opposition, you know, look at their lineup card and, and try to make some of those decisions. So, uh, you know, but right now there's still competition. Uh, nothing's decided. I, it's at least a five-and-a-half-man rotation, if not a six-man rotation, starting the season, depending on the off days and how you work with, with Fuji and, you know, how that plays out still to be determined. But, uh, I mean, J.P. Sears has looked good. He got the five innings. Allers looked good. I will say this, though, uh, certainly rooting for, for Adam. Was, we were rooting for him last year because his arm is electric. You know, the stuff above the neck was a challenge, and that seems to have improved with his confidence on the mound, plus a better breaking ball. He hasn't really faced uh, competition, per se, in camp. He's, you know, he's, he faced lineups that were, I mean, they, they wouldn't even qualify back in the old days when you had to have, you know, four major league starters in the lineup. But you still have to get guys out. So he's done that. And, you know, when the lights turn on and it's for real, that's where you you hope that these building blocks for a guy like Otter will will pay off and, and he can and he can do that moving forward because you know he's got a power arm. Yeah. And you know, everybody's looking for velocity and he has that. And if he can complement that with a decent off speed pitch that the opposition has to respect, then you've got you know, you've got some possibilities and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that's where in that discussion I went aller because I know he can come out of the pen. I know he's got the power arm. I know he can start for me, and I'm going to need some length, and I don't want a guy – I'm not going to say that Sears is a thumber, but if I I want more of a guy who can get me more strikeouts if he's going to pitch in relief. But I just know this, five and a half, six starters, whatever we want to call it, you have just created – a situation where the bullpen has to get way more outs. When you just do the math, it's simple math, right? The outs, it's just unbelievable. And I know it's not going to be throughout the entire year. There's days off and all that kind of stuff. But you, Domingo Acevedo last year, we worked it out, pitched 70 times, got 203 outs. You're going to need multiple guys to be like that if you're going to be in a five-and-a-half, six-man rotation. The, the math just, it's the way it works. Well, especially early. And with Fuji, we don't really know what the plan is in terms of how far they think they can extend him game by game. Is this going to be something that's going to slowly build up? You know, will it, will they be satisfied, let's say, in his first game, whenever that is? Hopefully over the weekend against the Angels, but nothing's been confirmed or even discussed, at least publicly, that he can he get the four innings, four good innings? Do, do you then get the five the next time? And if that's the case, then you do, like to your point, have to have the guy behind him that can provide, can, you know, you know, and before innings, you know, five, six, and seven, or four, five, and six, like the underbelly of your bullpen. That's where the opposition would crush you, and they would put the game away. Well, now it becomes a different scenario. You got to be, you know, you you have to try to keep the game manageable there, and and have guys that are just not, they're not like the fifteenth guy on your, you know, on your staff. They have to be. Guys that you that you have confidence in that they have this legitimate role, which is an important role in order for the A's to have success. So to your, I agree to what you're saying, uh, but let's let's wait and see how they line up the rotation with that first week with with the Angels and the Guardians and, and moving forward from there. What's one thing that's really impressed you this spring? Well, it's I think it's Christian Pache uh, taking on the challenge of what is in front of him, which is a guy that's out of options. He's still 
by far a, an elite defender, the best defender the A's have. I mean, Ruiz is, is athletic and he's talented, but he's not a defender like Pache is. Now, he can't get there, and he hasn't played a lot of center field where Pache has played you know, many more reps out there. The thing that's impressed me about Pache is he's had 31 at-bats. He has struck out three times. Now, he's only walked once, but he's only struck out three times. And putting the bat on the ball, you know, because it's spring training, you don't have the same kind of scat, stat cast numbers that you would have during the regular season. They do over Salt River Fields up in Scottsdale, but not very many clubs, not very many stadiums in the Cactus League can put those numbers together. So you have to really trust what what the analytic guys are seeing, uh, keeping track of how many of these are ground balls, what is the exit velocity, what are the things that they're reading that they're putting into their formulas to make decisions. I think Pache makes the club. The question is, does, do Pache and Ruiz make the club at the beginning? And maybe, and I don't know this for sure, but maybe you give Pache the first month, see how he performs, particularly offensively, batting at the bottom of the lineup. And the same thing for Ruiz to kind of get his you know, feet wet and get solid, get going down to AAA Las Vegas. And then it's, you know, it's, as we know, it's performance-based. Whoever performing better is going to get a chance over the long haul to, to hold on to that position. So for me, I think at the top of the list has probably been, has been Pache handling the challenge of uh, what's ahead. But the other thing too, Chris, and I know we've all kind of seen it and discussed it. It's just a different air. It's a different professionalism. There's a different experience this year in the ACE clubhouse as opposed to last year, let alone the fact all the things that happened at this time a year ago with, with, you know, Bassett, Chapman, Olson, and I all leaving. In fact, this week, Tuesday was the one year anniversary of Shay Langoliers joining the organization. I mean, that's how short a time he's been in the organization. I mean, it's, it's barely been a year now. And look how, how much things have ex- escalated for him. So I just think with, with you know, Jesus Ag- Aguilar, with Jace Peterson, with Aledbas Diaz, you know, new guys that have come, Trevor May, different, different guys that have had this, you know, a, a, a different experience, a little longer of the tooth, a little more uh, understanding of, of what it takes to be and perform at this level on a regular basis. I think that plays out. I think Marcotze, you know, they've got 22 stolen bases in the spring. You know, everybody's talking about, well, that's going to be, that might be different this year because of the disengagements and because of the bigger bases that that number is going to go up. Well, I think for the A's, the reason it's going to go up is that they've got, they've got better options. They've got more speed. I mean, there were times last year in a game where, you know, you're looking for potentially trying to advance that runner and the runner is Sean Murphy. And the reason it's Sean Murphy, A, because he's very good, but B is because you didn't have a, an option off the bench that was going to be that much better than Sean Murphy. I think the A's will have those kinds of options this year, you know, from the from the get-go. And I think that does create some some possibilities for, for Mark to be as creative as possible with his offense. You just hit the nail on the head with two different things. One, Pache, it was hard to watch. Like, especially not only for you guys calling the game, but for me having to talk about in the postgame show, he was hitting a buck 07 in June. That's not competing. Yep. It was like – Oh, my God. So, yes, that is awesome. I'm so happy for him because he's such a good kid. And the, the talent is there, right? Just hopefully the light goes on. And number two about this spring, I will never forget, I was interviewing Dalton Jeffries. And Sean Manaya walked in. He had been traded that morning. He's in tears. 
You sure. had players in tears hugging him. Yeah, we him. all saw it. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm trying to be professional. I'm trying to do the interview, right, with Dalton, and it's right over my shoulder. Guys are crying, saying goodbye. I was going right. into the Padres clubhouse to interview Sean Manaya. He broke down after his start. I did him in the Padres. I had the interview in the uh, Padres clubhouse. He he was breaking down in tears during the interview. I mean, it was an emotional day, all the stuff that was going on. I think, once again, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's a different – these guys know, hey, this is who we are, and this is where we're going, and this is, you know, no one's looking around going, am I next? At least not now. I mean, come trading deadline, that might be an yeah. entirely different story. But, you know, you've, you've got major league players that, that have, uh, you know, that have accomplished some things, have accomplished things, you know, in the postseason, and you've got, if, if they're performing and the A's are, you know, still looking toward, you know, what's next for them, meaning – you know, the Tyler Sodestrums and the, you know, the Lawrence Butlers and, you know, the Zach Geloffs, Denzel Clarks, you know, when that next wave is going to start, when do they want to start that wave? And that would mean if, you know, if you could just look at any of the, any of the veterans that the A's have acquired and say that might be a possibility. As I say that to you, Tony, you'll be happy to know I'm looking out on the field here at Hohokam and they are, they are putting green dust or green dirt in the batter's box. Yes. So there's green Aaron batter's box. Aaron go bra, baby. Aaron go bra. Do do the Italians celebrate St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> we're, we're really not that close. Hey, let me let let me ask this. As a proud Italian American, were you most proud of the Italian team the fact that they had an espresso machine in the dugout? Yeah, it, it, it's espresso, not Espre espresso. <laughs> it's espresso. Let's get it right. And absolutely, because when I, when, first of all, I was fortunate my wife and I got a chance to, to, to take a trip to Italy this winter for two weeks. I'd never been, and if you've never been there, I can't recommend it high, high enough. But the way that uh, Italians treat their espresso is like, you talk about just, and there's no, like with us, our coffee shops in the United States, you get a coffee and you sit down and you open up your little laptop and you're kind of hanging out and doing your thing. They go in, they get the espresso, they, they bang it and out the door they go like in three minutes. And it's like, it's like coming and going. It's nonstop. And they do it multiple times a day. So uh, all in on the espresso machine. Sure. I, I actually wanted to see cigarettes and red wine in the dugout. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right. who Are you doing it with Johnny today? It's uh, myself and some guy named Ken Korak. Uh, we're we're going to work together today. Can you guys get through nine together? Well, I, I know he can. I'm, I'm still trying to build up my innings, so I might be bailing after seven. You never know. Oh, you're loving the pitch timer. We're going to be out there in about 225 today. Well, let's hope so. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, we just want to see Cap throw the ball well today. You know, bad news with Paul Blackburn on the IL. Manny Pena is going to be on the IL to start the year. So those yeah. are those are issues that the A's are going to have to address and, and you know, find some depth somewhere to, to, to fill those spots. Have a good call today. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. And have a good weekend. You too. The great Vince Catronio. Espresso. I said espresso. Espresso. But, yes, I would have been more inclined to be pro-Team Italy if they had a little uh, Chianti and some cigarettes going in the dugout. <laughs>
right? Um, that I mean, the, the having the Nespresso was it mach- a Nespresso no, machine? It's, yeah, Nespresso is the, the brand that makes the. Did they have that machine? In it? What was? Yeah, it? I, I believe it was. I think it was Nespresso. The, the image that was, was going was Devito and what's his name? Clooney. I don't Clooney think they were available. there. But it would have been great if Clooney. They were both there in the stands. That would have been awesome. But <laughs> uh, you know, Mike Piazza. When I think of great Italian leaders on the baseball diamond, I think of Matt Harvey. I'm not. I, oh yeah, the Dark Knight. I mean, because he he was pitching for Team Team Italy. Was he really? Yeah. So that's why I said when I think of Team Italy, A's I, legend. Uh, yeah. Was he, he? Did he even make? No. He never made it. Get called Triple up. He, he, I don't say. Did he even get called up? No. That was a. That was a. That was that was a favor to Boris. See see why the A's do favors for Boris. Because then Boris has turned around. You're never going to get a favor on the big guys. But you don't think the A's got kind of a favor with Fuji from Boris? Uh, I would say so. It was like $3 right? million, 3. Yeah. or whatever it was. You know, there's a reason Boris has had this great relationship with the A's all these years. You weren't going to get it done with Chapman, but it's the little things. Uh, yeah, we'll take on Harvey. We'll give him a, we'll put him in AAA. And they, they, they've scratched each other's backs over the years. Not on the big deals. The big deals Boris is going to get – Every possible, every possible dollar he can, but it's the smaller deals like this, like Fuji, like you know, I don't know what all the deals were. We don't know, but you know, as Boris said, this was a perfect place for Fuji to play. When they looked at the you know the different teams and the different offers, this was the perfect place. Yeah, Blackburn on the IL. Man. I know. I'm, I'm updating. I'm updating the uh, the ticker down here for us right now. Since Vince said that, because I haven't been able to look at Twitter while we're on the air, so. we knew Manny, Manny Pena, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not a that's not a uh, that's not a shocker. But Blackburn, come on! And we just talked to Blackburn. He was so excited. He's healthy. He's good. It's you know, I'm looking to be the opening day starter, and now that just oh boy. Yeah, Pena's left wrist. Um, the specialist he visits said it showed inflammation, so that's why he's out in. Blackburn with the fingernail problem. So that changes roster. Yeah. So now what does your starting five look like? I don't know. Let's see what Cap's got today. What can he go? How many innings is he going to go? Now, now the big question is the rest of the spring is who's the opening day starter? Does that still mean something? I think it's a, I, do you think other teams go, you know, he's Well, let our, me ask this. Does it mean anything to you? I think it's a cool nod. But do, yeah, do but I live or die? Anything. But do I live or die if uh, if the guy I want is not the opening starter? No, not really. It's the first game of 162. Yep. It's on a Thursday, and you have a day off the next day. Yeah, there is something <laughs> when you've said this guy's been the opening day starter. But you know what? Your generation has diminished the starter. My generation is still trying to hold on to him, right? So it's the different generations. Like you, you and. and what used to be one of the selling points to our game was who, who's starting pitcher today, who's yeah. starting today. That used to be a big deal. Well, and I'm not I'm not bagging on you. I'm just saying your generation has tried to diminish. You've tried to say ah, it doesn't matter. You only care about strikeouts and fantasy stats. You don't care about innings. You don't care. I mean, that's that's the different of where fans have looked at is you don't care starter wins don't matter. Remember, like 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 all of a sudden Brian Kinney puts up all these stats. He lucky to go. You, or not even stat, they're analytics. They're like, you put up a bunch of math equations, that's supposed to excite me? Are you, you're telling me you don't get excited for RA9? <laughs> did, by the way, did you? Everybody, give me the definition quickly. and Don't go to the internet. What does RA9 mean? 
uh, runs allowed per nine innings or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's just like I, it, it does matter. Somebody's got to get the outs. That's always my somebody's got to get the outs. Somebody and watch. This is we saw last year major struggle with the bullpens. Way too much innings. Now you're going to put even more volume. Now you're going to go to five. Vince put it best, five and a half. Five and a half is a great way to look at it. Five and a half. Well. We're already down a guy that was supposed to be that part of that five and a half. But I'm just saying, five, if all these teams are going to five and a half starters, we've done the math that puts more outs onto the bullpen. More. Let's see how it works out. We've been at a tipping point. It's that old tipping point. We've got not. We're here. Which oh my god, and is it's about to just just fall off the cliff? You know. By the way, one of the uh, you you probably you won't appreciate this. Maybe some people, some fans will. And the, they sent a questionnaire out about our fantasy baseball league and what stats you want in there for pitchers. What do you think I? Well, said? I gotta sign up for that. What do you th- wait a minute? I need to know legally. Am I legally allowed to play in this league? I think we are because it's not for money. Has this been? Has this been asked? I mean, it's an it's we're doing. I'm not going to mention Justin's last name, but he's not the he's not the he's a shady character at best. <laughs> Let's just you know he. When I think of Justin, I'm not saying his last name. Uh, I think of a Lucy Goosey era. Has this been? Is our is it sanctioned? Is it been? Has it been approved? I I, f- I do not because you know who they come down on. You guys are all lower level employees. I'm the one they come down on. It'll be my league all of a sudden. It's like when people make up Facebook A's talk Facebook pages, and all of a sudden they're like, well, your Facebook page? I had nothing to do with that. Uh, well, I get blamed. As I, you realize people created fan web, and people came to me, like this was years ago, A's personnel came to me and said, hey, your Facebook page. Well, I had nothing to do with that. They're just using my name. I have no control. Can you track the IP address back to me? I don't think you can, so it's not mine. Can you track that bank account yeah. where I got this money from China? Uh, one of the one of the things was what categories do you want for pitching stats? And I did not check the box wins. For, for pitching wins. Yeah, you don't care about wins. Well, who's going to get the win? That's why you don't make it a category in fantasy. You base it off of other stats. Okay, what stats important? Uh, strikeouts. No, ERA, it's not. Whip. Strikeouts are just an out. It's, it's just an out. I'm talking about fantasy baseball. Buddy. It's just an out. Why is it important? It's an out, and you take a lot of pitches to do it. I also which like, means a lot of pitches mean you get less out of your out of your pitchers. I also like when you do it for hitters too. Well, if they don't put the ball in play, oh, okay. It's a negative side for hitters. I like when p- leagues do that. I'm so tired of hearing about strikeouts. <laughs> All your strikeouts have led to more Tommy Johns. Fact or fiction? Fact. The uh, Nationals top guy. This is not how Tommy John Kate. Uh, fa- yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard of him, but yeah, he's out. Uh, fact or fiction? The more pitches you throw, the less innings you give me. Uh, fact. Uh, fact or fiction? I don't have enough players to throw all these innings and get all these outs. As of right now, fact. But you want to brag about strikeouts per nine? Great. Fuji struck out seven. Fuji only went four and two-thirds because I can't get him to go six, seven innings because he strikes everybody out in his pitch count. He either walks or strikes out people. And when you walk and strike out people, unless you're going to allow me to have Nolan Ryan and allow him to throw 140 pitches a game, you're no good to me. Fact I, or fiction? It's true. It's, it's, it's the way the game is. Your guy's obsession with strikeouts is unbelievable. It's just the way the game is now. 
Well, what does that mean? Does it mean it's better? No, but that's just the way the game's the game is. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know what? It it you're gonna see this year when you're sporting a bunch of relievers with five ERAs. Check back on me on your starter strikeouts and your fantasy stats. Now I'm angry. Uh, you know what? I might just build my entire fantasy uh, fantasy pitching. Staff I'm going with of- thumbers. I'm I'm going. I don't want anybody that throws 92 or harder on my staff. <laughs> I'm going with all thumbers and contact guys. So you're gonna. So you're. So that's what the. So the Cubs first pick in the draft. What will my team name be? Well, I can't do my old. It's very vulgar. I'll have to come up with a new name <laughs> for my fantasy team for fantasy baseball. Townies, whatever. The first pick in the draft. You go Aaron Judge. You go Shohei Otani, you front runners. I'm going Stephen Kwan. <laughs> okay. That's my first pick. I thought you were talking about I thought you were talking about pitchers and say you would probably go with Kyle Hendricks because he doesn't throw hard. Throw he strikes. Throw, but he throws strikes. Throw strikes. <laughs> I want guys that throw strikes. I, I usually have him every year. He's a great fantasy pitcher. <laughs> he wasn't last year. He was hurt and it wasn't a good year. The Cubs tried to build their whole rotation last year off of guys that essentially didn't throw hard and, and drew got contact outs. They didn't care about strikeouts last year. Cleveland, a lot of their yeah. guys don't throw hard. They get a lot of shot. Well, McKenzie is him and Quantrill. Who else do they have in their rotation? Uh, Bieber. Bieber's not a flamethrower. No, I mean, they're all like mid-90s guys. <laughs> Mid-90s used to be flamethrower. Uh, Mid-90s yeah. now yeah, is yeah. just norm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, those 93 to 95. I mean, that's just, that's just the norm. Cleveland also doesn't have a lot of thumpers either. They're all contact guys. I'm going to draft everybody on Cleveland. I'm going to be Terry Francona of Fantasy Baseball. That should be your team name. I'm taking all the tribe guys. Yeah, I'm going to bring back my old tribe hat. Townsend's Tito's. <laughs> I'm going all batting average. And, 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 and yeah, where's my stuff plus guy? I'm, I'm going after him. I, I, I can only if imagine. I win the league, you guys are in trouble. Here's what I, here's what if I can If I win the league with nothing but contact and strike throwers, oh, my God, you'll never hear the end of it. But I'm going Class A as my closer. Well, I was going to say, are you going to go Class A from Cleveland? If I'm going out Cleveland, I want him as my closer. I could see your one. Your, I could see your left fielder being Quan and your second baseman being Luis Arise. You got two of the best contact hitters in the sport. Is he going well, to be playing second base? Do we know exactly where yeah, he's going to be playing? Because Chisholm's supposed to be playing center now. I know, but they've talked about he could be all over because he's not very good defensively. But well, I don't care. You don't care about defense either. Well, fantasy thing is you can add multiple positions. So you want a guy that can play everywhere. So, Arise will be great because he can play first, second, third. So, you can put him in any of those slots you want. Off days, injuries. I We got to come up with my all-contact team. Well, I gave you two. Uh, I'll take Altuve. To Gurriel, if he makes the Marlins. He's a little old. <laughs> Is he 37 or 38? Yeah, he's like 37. I mean, I, I think it's a great move for the Marlins. Marlins talk here at 833-625-2278. <laughs> Um, I really think Sandy's going to have a big year on the mound for that. Chisholm would be good. He's a contact guy. Uh, who else is it going to be? You know who would know be a sleeper? Corbin Carroll from the Diamondbacks. Not a big. He has power, but he's going to be no more as a speed Just guy. Just signed for 111 million? Over, over eight. Here, let's add, you know, you know. LeMayhew. How about DJ LeMayhew? Um, if he stays healthy. He All right. Play. I'm going to see if Eno. Oh, I, hold on. Hold on. Again, him is open. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com.
Eno, tell our buddies at Fieldwork we are going to do a show from there. We just got to figure it out, but we will do a show very soon, early in the season. We are all going to go to San Leandro, and uh, we're going to have a great location. It's a great location. We got to take advantage of that. It is incredible. They've got parking. It is perfect in San Leandro. I think. uh, Good food. Yeah, they turned an old tire place into a brewery. It is awesome. Yeah, so we'll just have to figure out the right time. It's, uh, I'm going to be in New York. I just debut. I'm going to debut a sandwich over there. I've got a a, a, a sandwich called the Knuckleball. Of course you do. Of course you. Do. <laughs> of course. You got IPAs. <laughs> now you got a sandwich. Where is where is your sandwich in New York? It's going to be at Other Half Brewing. So that's going to be a, a fun day. So you're going to New York to unveil a sandwich named after you. Yeah, that we collaborated to create. Yes, the knuckleball. It's got like a, a, a like a pork knuckle breaded cutlet in the middle. It's so good. It's gonna be so good. I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be fun. And then and then after that, I take a week off, opening week. But uh, we're gonna have the family. My my kids' uh, spring break is always opening week, so it's always just really awkward. Well, you know what? It's opening week, but it's like I've been saying, like now that, you know, everybody's been talking about all oh, the WBC and all this controversy. I mean, once the NCAA tournament kicks off, everybody takes a back seat. NBA takes a back seat. Spring training takes a back. Everybody to golf. Everything takes a back seat. Masters is coming up. But right now, everybody watches March Madness and even our beloved baseball opening day everybody's watching March Madness because for years opening day was the same date. It was always like on a Monday was the day of the championship game. (laughs) I can tell, I I can't tell you how many times I've watched the national championship game, final four, you know, Saturday clubhouse or something. (laughs) I'd be in the press box sitting there watching and everybody's like, no one's watching the baseball. They're watching the game. I mean, it's like uh, everybody, Take the week off. You're fine. We need you June, July, August, September. Yeah. We, do, we don't need you. Eno, we don't need you in March. <laughs> yeah, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I don't know, man. I, I've been really enjoying the WBC. I don't know about you. I, I, I think that the, they, they're really passionate. You know, everybody's kind of showing uh, real, like, sort of team. They care. I think the players care. It's, you know, from from Mike Trout saying this is, you know, some of the most fun I've ever had playing baseball and y'all should come out here and play with us to uh, just the way that they celebrated like a, a double play in the second in the second inning between the between the uh, between Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. So, like, I, uh, I, I love the idea that an electrician struck out Shohei Otani. A literal electrician, you know. So I love seeing uh, just uh, really sweaty, nervous eighteen-year-olds facing Manny Machado. <laughs> like it's uh, it's fun. It's I think it's a really it's been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. All that is fun and cute, but the real we've been doing the three R's: the risk, the reward, and the reality. And the reality is this: when you have half of the televisions in Japan watching and you've got everybody in Asia watching and you got sold out ballparks everywhere, they're making money. 
So, however, one million attendees up ninety eight percent from the last WBC. There may there so the risk we all understand risk, and I, you know where everybody's upset about Diaz, and and when people say, well, you know, then you shouldn't have spring training. Or I go, wait a minute, people people accept risk in business when someone gets hurt working for you. When they work mm-hmm. for somebody else, they don't like it. But owners are going to take risk and allow that risk when they're making all that money. There's a lot of money. So that money gets funneled through MLB to the, to the, to the clubs. It's going somewhere. Right. I don't know exactly how that works. Well, who, who, who owns MLB? Right. The owners do. The commissioner's office works for the owners. There's some way. They're not doing all of this because they want want Colombians and Canadians to do it for. That's not why they're doing this. Let's be honest. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's fun. Uh, the growth of the game thing, I get it, but we're growing it already where baseball is king. I'd be interested to, you know, if you gave me numbers in Europe are great or numbers in Italy, you know, different parts of Europe, the UK, if Canada was blowing up, I'd like to see those numbers. You know, to some extent, yes, I agree with you, but sometimes it's um, it's not necessarily about a large swath. It's, it's just like if you're a kid in, in Europe, and you just saw that, like you're just more likely to consider baseball as an opportunity or an outcome. You know what I mean? Like it's it, any number of kids could see it and then be like the next Shohei Otani, but they came out of Italy. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's just more likely the more you see it as a yeah, possibility, yeah. the more likely it is. And so those kids, you know, wherever those kids train in Czech, in the Czech Republic, I guarantee you when they get back and they're training again, there's 10 more kids at the fence or there's five more kids, you know, trying to sign up or there's, you know what I mean? Like, and so that's, that's how you grow a game in a, in a smaller community is, you know, everybody, I talk to people, I I talk to uh, Dovidas Nevarauskas. He's the uh, reliever for the pirates and he's from uh, Lithuania. And I was like, why are you in this? He's like, Oh, well, you know, my uncle, you know, they went to school in America and came back and started playing baseball here. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like, Oh, well, I know this one guy and he plays baseball and we play baseball together. So, you know, this just becomes a way to sort of sow the seeds and like, you're much more likely that the next time around the Czech Republic has, you know, they're not all electricians and plumbers, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, and they get a little better and they get a little better. So uh, I, I think it's also cool um, you know, there's been some derogatory comments about like, oh, you're just like going, you're just like y- your grandmother, you know, is from that country and you don't really care about it. But I think it's kind of cool that there are some people who live in America who are choosing to play for where their heritage is from. And you're going to get more and more of that as those teams improve. If Israel improves, you're going to get more Jewish Americans who play on that team. You know what I mean? They're going to be more yeah. likely to say, like Jock Peterson, say, no, I want to do this, you know? And so, uh, and it seems like everyone's reporting, all the players are reporting back that it's a lot of fun. So that just means that the players next time, it's going to be even better in terms of who, who participates. And I know it's a little bit awkward where it is. Maybe they need to move where it is, you know, that will be the injury factor where it, all that will be interesting in the next bit. Like, does it really grow more star play? And I don't think position players, I think pitchers, it's mostly pitchers, but As the cold-hearted capitalist that I am, all your cute little stories are cute. 
They're, <laughs> they're making money. That's right. they're ma- your electrician and plumber striking people out is cute, but I'm yeah. allowing it to happen because I'm making money. And, um, and this is we haven't even gotten to the you know the the parts where it's like America versus Dominican Republic. Like that game is going to be insane. You know when it gets to like the Japan against Dominican Republic, whatever it is, like the, when the when the final like big the big uh, I guess Dominican Republic's out, but like yeah, Puerto Rico the DR's against, done. Puerto Rico, yeah, but Puerto Rico against America, Venezuela against America, Japan against America. Like you know whenever those games happen, those are going to be insane. Yeah, you mentioned it. 63 million people watched uh Japan versus Korea in Japan. That's that's pretty amazing. That's that did better than the Olympics. That I can was in Japan. I, I can monetize that. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> now now let me tell you, we played it earlier. It sounded crazy in 2019, but it's why he's the best and he's brilliant. When I asked Scott Boris about Matt Chapman's contract, he gave us like a five-minute answer, and he started talking about baseball in the Pacific Rim and how there's going to be a baseball MLB league in Japan and in Asia, and we were sitting there the whole time going, can you just answer the question about Matt Chapman? (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? Well, we just replayed it, and it shows how brilliant Boris is. He was telling us in 19, at some point, whether it's in our lifetime or not, in some point, baseball is so big in Asia, MLB will expand over there. Boris is brilliant. Mm, He's brilliant. I could see that. I could see oh, that. Yeah. I half, mean, the, half the televisions are watching? Are you? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And and Japanese baseball uh, is so big that they've got their own minor leagues. So it's, you know, it's not, it's, uh, it's pretty big in Japan. And then, you know, it's growing in Taiwan and China. So, yeah, I could see something like that. And baseball always really wants to own all the parts you know uh, that's that's a big part of you know the mlb like what they're trying to do with all their different all their different engagements with, with what they're trying to do with the minor leagues what they're trying to do in the international draft they just really want to kind of own all the parts of baseball well uh speaking of that we have been clear because you know we cannot we cannot obviously bet as employees of baseball we can't bet on games we can't bet on anything we're not even allowed to play fantasy until i found out we can now play fantasy I'm putting this all on Cody. We can play fantasy as long as it's not for money. I am going against you. I'm going against Cody and your stuff plus. Steven, <laughs> Steven Kwan's going to be my first pick. I don't want one pitcher. I don't want one pitcher on your stuff plus. I don't want one pitcher that throws 92 or more. I'm going with contact, and I'm going to throw strikes, and I'm going to win this damn league. All right, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna steal bases. That's the other thing I'm gonna do. I want speed. I want some well, athletes. Those are those are up. Uh, you know, those are up about thirty percent. So we're gonna make. We might get a third more stolen bases this year than last year. Like, what's the biggest? I mean, I, I'm not expecting you to know this offhand, but like, it'd be interesting to know what the biggest increase from year to year ever in that. I mean, we played this game for over 150 this years. Will probably this will be it because because stolen bases don't increase hugely from year to year. Home runs, when the ball changes, we've seen crazy swings. 1987, we saw just this crazy swing in home runs from 1986 to 1987. Steroids. <laughs> well, that's that's what we I think we thought for a long time. But now with the new ball, with 2019, we saw a big increase in 2019 in home runs. You know, there's a lot of people who think that the, the, there was a ball change that yeah. year. And there was some change in the manufacturing process back then. So uh, with the ball changes, you'll see home run change. But stone base is not something you don't see a change year to year unless they 
change what a balk is or change, you know, what you're allowed to do. And that's what they did all that in one year. They changed what a balk is, change your how many times you're allowed to throw over, change how big the bases were. It's all in one year. So it's, this is going to be the biggest year over year increase in stolen bases in the history of baseball. Well, speaking of the ball, of course, now that you have your knuckle sandwich, you still have your sticky stuff IPA that is out there. Um, it now seems like we're really, 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 really trying to come up with a ball that's sticky. <laughs> is this like a re- – like, like it, it, where, where's my baseball? I think I took that in some – I mean, this sticky ball they're getting with the minor leagues, like are you going to be able to get it off your hand? I mean, how sticky is this thing that they're trying to work out and, so you don't have to use the – oh, I came up with an idea, you know. They should have an app that the umpires can just, you know, kind of like CSI. Scan, yeah. Like, go to Musgrove's ear, go to your hands, your glove. Because, I mean, the fact that we're going to do more of it. Is this sticky ball thing, like, real? Yeah, I mean, in the story that Jason Stark had today about, you know, can we actually do anything about sticky stuff? Because there is a new memo out where they're telling people, oh, we're going to be more stringent in our checks and we're going to we're going to be more erratic. Like we're going to do it at different times and we're going to mix it up and we're just going to try and, and, and stop this. Um, one of the, the pitchers in it said that, you know, like a couple of times, uh, uh, an umpire like went down his pants and he's like, are we really, are we really going to have hands in pants uh, in front of everybody? <laughs> like, you know, like how, how like crazy is this going to get? Um, and I've joked about the MMA uh, check where they like put their hands behind your neck and they like really, and we saw some of that with Spencer, with, uh, James Karinchak when he was, uh, when the umpire is just like massaging his hair, like it's it's going to get a little bit up close and personal this year. But this is another in a string of memos. They've been doing these memos forever. This isn't really something new. In fact, before they even like did the the, the really more stringent checks the first time, there was a string of memos. Where, oh, now you're going to no, no. This year we're really this year we're really checking it out. So I don't know. I don't know how how seriously to take this. It's a, it's another in a string of memos. But the sticky ball is something that's popular in Japan. And, you know, I've, I've heard players take it back from Japan and show it to other major league players after they did ex- exhibition games in Japan. And mostly the players like those. The one thing that I think about though, is if there is an advantage to be had from stickiness, then there are definitely still going to be people that even with the sticky ball are going to put sticky stuff on the sticky ball. <laughs> what? You can't put sticky on sticky. Ah, you w- if you can get more spin out of it, you will. <laughs> I mean, at some point you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna be throwing this curveball, this slider is supposed to go straight in the dirt, right? Or just not leave your hand. I want to see like somebody. I, I can't get I it off my somebody hand. Somebody do a full follow through, and the ball doesn't go. It's gonna be like super glue. Like I can't get it off my hand. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like a guy throws it, and you're like, I don't have anything sticky on my hand, and I'm oh, like, yeah, sure. we can't get the ball. It's ripping your skin off. I it's it's so ridiculous at this point, but. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can you can sometimes when it's at the at the worst, you can actually hear the ball come off the fingers when when they're using spider tack and stuff. I want to know. I want them to check Brandon Crawford's hair. Brandon Crawford, no matter what climate he's in, his hair is always wet. It's like, how's this guy's hair on? What's he got? Got? I could just if I'm a pitcher. Hey, you could just go up to Brandon Crawford and grab the back yeah. of his hair. Crawford, or when they're throwing the ball around. Right? Crawford's got something. He's had something in that hair for 15 years. No one's hair is wet 24-7. 
Yeah, I don't, I, 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 I don't think like if you were talking about fantasy, like I can't imagine, I can't put this one on my fantasy radar in any way that I'm like, oh, I'm going to avoid these pitchers or whatever. For the most part, a lot of them have dealt with it, you know, like there are some players now that are down that used to have more spin and they've all figured out how to sort of come out the other side. Well, you said spin was kind of creeping up. People are talking about they're putting stuff in their mouths. I mean, it's like. I, I just, I don't know. It's so weird to talk about. One that substances. I heard was like a glue stick. So let's say I have a glue stick, right? Like a kid's and glue stick? Like my kids at yeah. art class? But just like a shaved off piece of it. Not the whole thing, right? Just like a little chunk of glue stick, right? And I'm using that to get sticky. And then if if I see if I see the guy, like, I, like if I see it, like I'm coming off the field, like I just eat it. Like I got gum in my mouth. I just throw it in with the gum. Yeah, it's not going to kill Or the you. last pitch, the last, everyone's going to their mouth all the time, right? Yeah. Last pitch, you just throw it in your mouth. You and, it, and it's, and it sent like spider tack sounded like, okay, I, I mean, obviously it was used for people who are laying stones, right? And you have to be perfect, whether you're tile or stones, if you're doing someone's shower or kitchen or whatever, you've got to be perfect. And that's where I can see it. But some of the stuff sounds like it's not as sticky as you would think. Like sticky. sticky is not it's, spin is not all the way back. It's not all the way back. Spin is about like 80% of the way back to where it used to be. I think personally, if I was baseball, I would actually let this one go. Well, yeah, if I saw, if I saw it go back to where the very peak of it was, then I think I might get back in there. But right now it's at 80%. We sort of went back three years, two years, you know, like we went back to when, People all saw people online talking about spider attack and they all started doing it. We went back before that. In some ways, that's what we're doing with stolen bases. You know that with, with the stolen base increase, we might go back to like, you know, like uh, 2016, 2015. Like we're not going back to the 70s. It's, it's going to take a lot to get back to there. But, uh, you know, in some cases, we just wanted to roll it back five, 10 years so that, you know, we're not just a bunch of beer league softball guys, you know, taking big hacks. Well, you know, we've been doing our training camp previews and, you know, going through, I got my baseball magazines and I'm going through all the stuff and I'm getting excited for every, I get excited for every team, right? We, 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 we were supposed to do the Marlins today. We're pushing that back, but it's just like, who are some of the teams? Like I got people who text me going, Townie, the A's are going to be a lot better than you think, or so-and-so is going to be like, who are the teams that are at the bottom? Vegas doesn't like them, but you go, Hmm, I think they're going to be better. Yeah, I mean the Pirates are projected to go 73 and 89 and they're they're starting to actually uh, put together some of the product some of the the, the product of their player development. So they're getting Ryanzi Contreras who they got in a deal with the Yankees and Mitch Keller looks like a real ace now. They got Luis Ortiz coming up. So they actually have some really nice arms coming up and if O'Neal Cruz takes a step forward. I mean, that's the, he could, he has a chance of being Aaron judge at shortstop. That's how good he is. He hits the ball super wicked hard, throws it hard. All he needs to do is strike out a little bit less and he could be a superstar. So pirates at 73 went projected wins. I think that's, that's too low. Um, the, the A's are interesting because they have a ton of pitchers and they're projected for 70 wins. Like I could see them definitely being better than that. Um, and also the D backs at 77 wins. Uh, I think I heard you sort of talking about Corbin Carroll before the show, uh, before I came on. Corbin Carroll is the top prospect in baseball, basically. 
And uh, he's not just a speedster. Like he he's going to show more power than he showed last year. And if you kind of look at their lineup, you you know you're like, oh man, they're solid everywhere but shortstop. And shortstop, they've got a kid named Jordan Lawler who's who's knocking on the door. So if he comes up this year, they could they could beat their projections. So D backs are a team I think is on the way up. Um, and then the Twins are interesting because they're projected for 83 wins. But if Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa are healthy all year. I mean, that that's I know it's a big if. <laughs> wow, I can't believe it. Now, Cody, what did you ask me the other day? Byron Buxton over and under 100. Was it 100 games? Uh, over, over, I'll ask you, you know, over under 100 games for Buxton this year. Over, if you had to bet the farm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's done that. Uh, well, see, if you once. count the minor leagues, he's done it, I think, three times. By the, the big leagues, it's once. Yeah. Let's make it harder. 120 games. Oh, I'm going under. Ooh, wow. That's yeah. not a lot. But but if you but if he does it, you know, there's we're not very good at projecting injury. And so, you know, this the, the some, you know, if you talk to a player, of course they're going to say this. But if you talk to a player, they say, "Oh, well that time I got hit by oh, and the other time <laughs> I was just diving and oh, but that time like, you know, it was just a freak thing, you know, yeah. like, oh, I had COVID that time, you yeah. know. So it's like <laughs> You know, they have an explanation for everything. And, uh, oh, yeah. and so, you know. Well, I was just I, bust, I was just busting it out that time to try and beat out a base hit, and I blew out my hammy. It was just that yeah, time. Just, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to bust it out next time? Yeah, All right. Yeah. Buxton has stopped stealing bases. So he, there has been some some difference. And I wonder if he could lay up on some some balls in the outfield and and and, and stay healthy for it. So. But anyway, we, we had the whole Cars Correa circus, so we know that there's some risk there, too. Yeah. Uh, you have to love the deal for the D-backs and Carroll, right? I do. Uh, I do. I, I love it a little bit more for the D-backs than Carroll. Um, these extensions end up usually being better for the team than the player. Every once in a while, you get like a John Singleton or, you know, an Evan White. These are guys that have signed, you know, 60 to $100 million deals and, and, and never really played in the big leagues. Um, but if a team signs three guys like that and two work out, uh, even if one works out that he pays for the other two, you know what I mean? So if they, if they go one for three on these deals, then, then it's good for them. You know, the thing that I always think about though, the minute you sign it, you're good. Like, even though like, Oh, you can make way more money, but reality is I got a piece of paper that all I got to do. Just put my signature on it, and I never. If as long as I'm not an idiot, I never have to worry about money again. My but kid- I also do. I have to bust it. Do I have to do everything I can to be the best I can? Well, or can, that's can a I whole coast, different argument. Know? I'm just saying for these guys, where they, you know, it's like when they said, "Yes, no." As an argument for them, for them signing Ronald Acuna yes, Jr., they're like, "You could sign for way more." I get it, but right now. Like Dusty Baker said, tomorrow is promised to nobody. No matter what happens to me, I sign this piece of paper. I'm good. My kids are good. As long as I'm not done with my money, I set up generations. Could I get more? Yes. But I'm guaranteed today, I'm guaranteed money I never thought I would make. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And 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 it's it's life-changing money for a lot of people. Totally. So what do you, you know, I, I can't really hold it against them. But, you know, if you can hold out for more, you can. I would, I, I'm actually really interested to see what Juan Soto, what happens to Juan Soto. 
because Juan Soto could have signed an extension three, four, five times in his career. And every time he said the number wasn't big enough. And I think one of the, the, the rumored deals came through from Washington. We're already talking about 300 million. Right. And he said that wasn't enough. So we're seeing, you know, he's pushing it and, uh, and we'll see, we'll see what he comes out on the other end with. He's got a hit, right? I mean, the walking's there. We know he's going to walk. Right, but you can't walk and the, your the way. The power to took a real step back when the ball was deadened, you know, because he's an opposite field guy, and you know the opposite field homers are not there anymore. I think of Matt Chapman on that. Like Matt Chapman hit thirty-five bombs in the juice ball. Juice ball's not been here. Matt Chapman hasn't been hitting those home runs anymore. And Matt Chapman made the same decision too. Yeah, I don't know if he'll ever get one hundred fifty million in his career, or if he'll ever yeah. make that much. I mean, that's a that's the thing. Like these guys, every you know. That was the that was the the thing about that era as we talked about no seams type it everybody was hitting home runs everybody and hit. so it's probably pretty but it was also pretty easy just like the the player who's telling you oh I just you know I just tripped that one time or whatever it's probably easy to tell yourself the story well like I can hit thirty five homers again no problem you know I was just legging out that double one time. <laughs> Well, you know what? You know what an honor it is to have you on the program. You have an IPA named after you. You have a sandwich named after you. I mean, you're basically, you're like the WBC. You're becoming a global superstar, a global brand. <laughs> yes, I got to go to Germany and do some, do some baseball stuff there. That's true. I'll be appearing at Oktoberfest later this year. <laughs> yes, that's what's next. <laughs> you're taking the athletic global. All right. We're going to play your outro. we got to get to this game. Giants and A's, we'll talk to you next week. The great Eno Saris. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Yeah, put the, uh, put the, put the St. Patrick's Day deal up there again. Yeah, and I have the ticker running down there right now. It's good till Monday at 3 p.m. That's Monday, March 20th at 3 p.m. You can get your green on because this deal is gold. I just love the way this is written. It's your lucky day to grab $17 field-level tickets at three select A's games. That's April 1st against the Angels, April 17th versus the Cubs, and April 29th versus the Cincinnati Reds for just $17. Score a pot of gold and start the 2023 season off right. Go to athletics.com. Slash flash sale. This is good. This offer is good until Monday at 3 p.m. Athletics.com slash flash sale. Little inside baseball here. You ready? Did Vito write that? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, no, Vito probably approved it. The pot of gold. What is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get your green on because this deal is gold. And then uh-huh. score a pot of gold. It's cute. Wow, it's a it. smoking deal. There's no question. Wow, throw it. Throw it. I, no, I said it's cute. I said it's cute. There's always subtle shots on a veto on I the did show. not take <laughs> subtle shots at the great veto. I did not. I mean, that's cute. Pot of gold, St. Patrick. I get it. I get it. Veto, if you're listening, uh, let us know. Texas after the show. <laughs> I get it. It's cute. It's cute. So today's a big day today. This is a big game. St. Patrick's Day and it's the Giants. I mean, I, I, expect, I expect nothing but let's go. I expect Korak and Vince to be on their game. 
I mean, this is a must. This is must-win spring training. And remember, if there's ever a game in spring training that's a must-win, this is it. Cap's trying to see if he can be the opening day starter. You can watch the game. I need eight at a cap. Good luck. <laughs> uh, you can watch the game at athletics.com, MLB.tv, or the NBC Sports app, and you can listen on AceCast and Bloomberg 960 AM. We'll be back on Tuesday. Are we having a draft for our fantasy team? We're supposed to. uh, They haven't finalized everything yet, but I'm sure we'll get enough. Stephen Kwan, first pick in this year's 2023 draft. Coming up next, Giants baseball and the athletics. Giants and A's. Ho-ho cam. Love it. A's. Giants. We're back Tuesday, right? Correct. We'll see everybody right here on A's Cast Live. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 